Topic 28 of 20th Century Negro Literature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. 20th Century Negro Literature. Topic 28 by Professor William S. Scarborough. What is the omen? William S. Scarborough, now vice president of Wilberforce University, Wilberforce, Ohio, and professor of Greek and Latin in the same institution, was born in Macon, Georgia, February 18, 1852. He received his early education in his native city before and during the civil war in eighteen sixty nine he entered atlanta university where he remained two years in preparation for yale university but instead entered oberlin college oberlin ohio in eighteen seventy one and was graduated from the department of philosophy and the arts with the degree of bachelor of arts in eighteen seventy five he spent a part of the following year in oberlin theological seminary in special study of the semitic languages and hellenistic greek in eighteen seventy seven professor scarborough was elected as head of the classical department in wilberforce university in eighteen eighty one he published through a s barnes and company new york a greek textbook first lessons in greek the first and only greek book ever written by a negro this book was widely used by both the white and colored schools of the country especially in the north professor scarborough has also written a treatise entitled the birds of aristophanes a theory of interpretation aside from numerous tracts and pamphlets covering a variety of subjects classical archaeological sociological and racial he has written many papers for various societies to which he belongs in eighteen ninety one he was transferred to the chair of hellenistic greek Payne theological seminary in eighteen ninety seven he was again re-elected as professor of latin and greek in the university and vice-president of the same he has contributed largely to the press of the country including the leading magazines he is one of the editors of the a m e sunday school publications having filled that position for a number of years he is a member of a number of associations american philological american dialect american social science archaeological institute of america american spelling reform american folklore american modern language american political and social science 
the egyptian exploration fund association and the american negro academy of which he is first vice president he has several times been one of the orators at the lincoln league banquet of the state of ohio at a conference held by the leaders of the race in the city of columbus ohio he was elected president of the afro-american state league designed to further the interests of the negro throughout the country professor scarborough has traveled extensively in europe he was a delegate to the ecumenical methodist conference held in london in nineteen o one representing the african methodist episcopal church we take the following from the new york age of july eighteenth while in boston professor w s scarborough of wilberforce university was delightfully entertained by the colored graduates of harvard university and amherst college at a reception given in his honor at the home of mr g w forbes a graduate of amherst speeches were made by messrs ford morgan trotter lewis williams and others eulogistic of the life and services of the professor in behalf of his race the professor replied thanking them for the honor conferred upon him next year it will be twenty-five years since professor scarborough first became connected with wilberforce university as its classical professor and he intends to mark the event by publishing a volume of his philological papers these papers have all been read before the american philological association at its various annual sessions twenty-five years ago professor scarborough was first elected to membership in this body at harvard university this year the association again met at this venerable seat of learning and by way of commemorating the event professor scarborough read a paper on thulicides it is some of these papers that the professor intends to put into more tangible form for future use unquote. the all-absorbing question now before the american people seems to be the race question our magazines and papers generally dailies and weeklies as well as monthlies are deluged as it were with articles on the negro people the negro is a citizen his status his future the sort of education best adapted to his needs as a man and a citizen and kindred subjects in fact no phase of the negro's life fails of discussion at the hands of the most flippant penny aligner as well as the gravest thinker all have theories of some sort and they do not hesitate to express them whether they are visionary or practical if theories alone could have solved this problem 
long ere this would race friction have been removed it would have been a question of the past but unfortunately for the race unfortunately for the people at large many of those who knew least about the subject and who had no remedy for the troubles complained of have had most to say and they have generally said it in the most reckless way regardless of the facts only now and then do we have a calm view of the situation with reasonable suggestions as to the best course to follow as we enter upon the twentieth century it will be well for black and white to get together and understand one another and ascertain as far as possible what is best to do in the light of the facts before us one thing is certain the white man does not yet know the negro strange as it may seem the northern white man does not know him after many years of close observation neither does the southern white man for all the years gone by in which the negro has lived in his midst the observations of both in fact only leave the negro largely in unknown quantity to either i have claimed heretofore that there is a life that the white man knows nothing of it is found in the hovel as well as in the cultured home in the school and the church it is a life in the bud time of race pride and another race prejudice and it is swelling to the blossoming what will be the fruit to though the race one must do more than occasionally to visit here and there must see more than even a close examination of schools and churches instructed and aided and supported by white philanthropy will disclose the toadying the servile representatives of the race the politicians the dependent ones all must be passed by and the people found to know the negro one must be with him and become a part of his life see what he is doing and above all to know what he is thinking go into the schools and churches where there is not a shadow of white influence to check freedom of speech or tinge thought and what do we see and hear in every case we find those from the oldest to the youngest with some ideas upon the race question and ready to express them not so with white children they are not thinking about the color of their skin or the texture of their hair or their rights and privileges or the deprivation of these rights the contempt and ostracism following them everywhere but the negro child on the other hand of every shade of color has these almost constantly in mind for they are thrust upon him he can think of little else in such schools in such communities the field work the social gathering 
the literary society the routine of school or church or community life the platform all are tinctured deeply with these ideas and these are expressed in some form on every possible occasion all these questions are in a large degree to the race as far as interest is concerned at least the momentous the ever-present ever-burning topic no youth of the white race feels the weight of any subject agitating the mind of the public as these colored youth feel this one what is the omen when boys and girls alike make it a common question in some form or other for all their daily work it has been said that the two races are growing apart that there is as much race prejudice in the one as in the other in many respects this is true though the prejudice on the part of the negro is a thing of natural growth from certain causes not an inherent quality the fact that the negro is rising without anything like adequate recognition at least other than a patronizing one is one of these causes as here and there the negro comes to the white man's higher level among the best he is confronted with that ah you are here ah which means more than words can express and he straightway feels his pulses stirred to the defenseless counter-spirit of i am and what are you going to do about it the result is the two mutually draw back from each other among the middle classes where the level of the whites intellectually and financially is more readily and more rapidly being reached by the greater number of negroes there is still more prejudice to be found it is here where the negro has his fiercest battleground it is here where he finds his greatest opposition it is only following out the idea of the french writer who said quote, mediocrity alone is jealous unquote. the constant desire of this class of white people to rise to the highest level aggravates them upon seeing a negro reaching out for or obtaining in any way that which they may have or may be seeking and they take it out by greater assumption of superiority especially over those of the race who have reached their own plane of living and here again is a creation of a counter prejudice growing refinement brings with it to the negro all that sensitiveness which is accorded to the refined people wherever found and naturally he recoils from rebuffs insults and contumely and holds himself aloof more and more only as business demands contact he has no growing reason to revere the whites as a mass and if nations are proverbially ungrateful 
what more can be expected of individuals no matter how much fine theorizing there may be upon the subject of what the negro owes to the white man with this increasing prejudice the reasons named there is a growing race pride this is taking firm root among the young people of the negro race who are being taught to respect those of their own number who have obtained honor and distinction through merit the schoolboy and schoolgirl are studying the history of their own race with eagerness they are finding out that it is not altogether degraded people from which they have sprung and with the gathering evidences about them of education refinement even wealth and high character they see no good reason why they should be despised for mere color or the possession of some imperceptible drops of negro blood as in many cases this is a laudable pride based upon both the past and present and as we have said they are more alive to all that pertains to race matters than any other set of young people whom we are able to mention what is the omen think you that the growing generation will tamely submit to the endless continuance of present and past grievances think you that this thoughtfulness of the negro youth will be without some sort of fruit will these not have as much influence upon their ignorant brother masses as have the whites over the ignorant masses of their own color i repeat the white man does not thoroughly know the negro he does not begin to see all that boils and seethes and ferments in the brains of this growing class it is well for the nation to learn wisdom from the mouths of babes and sucklings and when these prattle of race issues it is an omen not to be unheeded end of topic twenty eight